When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN app, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, all of our great stations across the country. It is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle, coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Grey Goose, there you go. Uh, ugly game last night. Grey Goose? <laughs> what what, what is happening? Grey Goose? You never heard of Grey Goose? <laughs> no, never heard of him. Not familiar with his work. Grey Goose. There Grey we go. Goose. There is that go. the black label or what? You, you know? think I have any idea of your your nights out? No. I, can't, I still can't get over. Smalls, to her credit. What? How she was able to do this. First of all, she ran 13.1 miles yesterday, half marathon. Mm-hmm. That in itself to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. But her down in the pulled pork sandwich before the race. I is, don't know how that, I don't know how don't you know did how that. You it was that. the night before. Well, what time was the race? Uh, I started at 9 a.m. I mean, that's still in digesting time, right? You're still kind of feeling it a little bit. Yeah, dinner was at like 8.30. Pulled pork sandwich. Glass of red wine, pumpkin cheesecake. See, I would think Play that you would time. want a carb load and go with the pasta or something like that to, to make sure you got the energy stores when you go on a half marathon. That That's what I would think. Cece, you give me far too much credit. I don't train for these. I don't take care of my body. I basically hate myself. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I do this. I said I was going to do this, and now I'm in it. I'm so almost halfway done. do you do it done. as a punishment? Is that why you're doing no, it? No, of course not. But I said I was going to do it, and now I'm at 24 I want to run a half marathon on every stage. Do you so? Running. Do you enjoy running? No, I hate or, it. You hate it, but, but you I still just, do it. I just okay. can. Do, I, I just it. can do it. I hate running too, and I do it every day. Yeah. Is there a better way of going about this? Would you suggest, Cece, as a former professional athlete, something better for cardio that, for the two of us? I don't know if you guys want to take the life advice that I'm going to give you when it comes to physical ex- exercise. Yeah, because yeah, post career, I treat my body like a jungle gym. <laughs> like I just do whatever I want. I eat whatever I want, and I work out when I occasionally feel like it but yeah i'm not i'm not the person to talk to when it when it's taking care of your body see i would love to play basketball like every day or tennis every day but i'm old enough where like i'll get hurt that's the thing i'm terrified <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm 40 years old i'm terrified of playing a pickup basketball game because i don't want to tear an acl i don't want to turn see, that's an ankle the problem. i don't want to do any of those but things it's man. so much more fun than running yeah it is but i mean i, I, I the, love playing yeah tennis but too. but if you're gonna if you're gonna saddle up and do that then you got to be prepared for the rehab that comes along with the injury you're going to inevitably get that is exactly what goes through my mind. So I was so obviously excited to start our show, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago at this point. And as you're trying to get in shape and eat right, and you're going to be on camera on ESPNU and ESPN2. And I'm like, oh, I should play more basketball and tennis. And then the first thing I thought of is I'll definitely get hurt. I'll come in here like Smalls did day one with a black eye or limping or whatever it is, and I won't be able to do the show. So That's that, where my mind goes. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. And to add to your point about getting in shape, round is a shape. It's okay. That is true. That is true. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That makes me feel so much better. Uh, I love that. So, yeah, the Cowboys and the um, Patriots, not ideal for me as a Pats fan yesterday. <laughs> um, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because there's no spinning this, and it's going to have lingering effects because of the fact that Matthew Judon, their best defensive player and arguably their best overall player outside linebacker, is hurt with bicep injury reportedly per Adam Schefter. 
there's a chance he may be done for the season. Based on some of the comments coming out of the Pats locker room, there's a chance. Christian Gonzalez was uh, their best cornerback, and now he got hurt yesterday, the rookie out of Oregon, and they're down four. Their top four cornerbacks all did not play for the entirety of that game yesterday, and they lose 38-3. Bill Belichick was on the Greg Hill Show on WEEI in Boston this morning and had this to say about his team's brutal performance against Dallas. I think we have pretty good talent on offense. We just you know, haven't been able to find a good, consistent group with it we just weren't able to we're not able to play well enough you know we played three games four games three games we turned the ball over and lost one game we didn't turn the ball over and it didn't get sacked and won so i think we know what the formula is we've just got to do a better job of it and what we can do is is uh, keep working hard keep fighting and improving the areas we need improving and that's what we're going to try to do yeah, they're in trouble because Mac Jones has not amounted to be what I think everybody thought he would be, which is just safe. Nobody, I don't think anybody thought Mac Jones was going to be a superstar. Yeah. I think everybody thought he was going to be safe, that they were going to always have the running game with Ramondre Stevenson um, and now, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott. They were going to have tight ends when they got him. It was Hunter Henry and John o. Smith, now Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. And then he was going to be safe. He wasn't going to turn the ball over. He was going to get his playmakers the ball. He was going to be a non-story at all times. And that has not been the case with Mac Jones. Yeah, he had a couple of turnovers that led to touchdowns on defense for the Cowboys. And he tried to have a third when he threw it right into J. Ron Curse's hands um, on a, at point-blank range. But, yeah, Mac Jones has looked awful. And it's an indictment on Bill Belichick. Whether it's Bill Belichick, the GM, for drafting Mac Jones or Bill Belichick, the coach, for development of Mac Jones or lack thereof. And so, yeah, I I didn't see anything in yesterday's game that would give me reason to believe that the Patriots would be capable of pulling out of a nosedive that is the 2023 season. I mean, right now you're talking about their only win coming against the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. Now, I get it. The first four games were absolutely brutal. The three losses were the teams that have a combined record of 10-2. and But Bill Belichick has always been a coach that's been able to get his team to play above their talent level, to punch above their weight class. And it just feels like in the post-Tom Brady years, he's lost his touch. I mean, this team is trending toward three of the last four seasons being on the outside looking into the postseason and three of the last four seasons being losing seasons. I mean, I'm looking at their week five matchup at home against the New Orleans Saints as a must win with the banged up Derek Carr. It is. Not a must win for, but here's the thing. It's not a must win for the Patriots because I don't think they're going anywhere this year. I think it's a must win for Bill Belichick in terms of selling to Robert Kraft why he should remain as the head coach and general manager, the quote unquote football czar of this organization. If you listen to Robert Kraft throughout this offseason, he's talked about not allowing players to chase individual accolades, and if they don't do that for players, they're not going to do that with their head coach. I feel like Bill Belichick is in danger of falling victim to the own standard of excellence that he helped create in New England. You know, it's interesting. You say that their only victory is against the Jets, the Zach Wilson-led Jets, which is factually correct, but as a Pats fan, I have to be fair. If the Zach Wilson we saw last night in front of Taylor Swift, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, and Hugh Jackman against the Chiefs, if that Zach Wilson played against the Pats last week, they would have lost the game. They would have been winless. I agree. They would have been winless. That Zach Wilson was coached a week ago against New England to just make sure that he didn't turn the ball over, which he did not. But if he was coached in a way with the Aaron Rodgers influence of being in the building and kind of hyping him up, et cetera, giving him confidence and supporting him amongst his teammates, if that Zach Wilson we saw last night played last week, the New England Patriots would be 0-4 right now. I don't think there's any question about it. And I don't know how they get themselves out of this. But you know what? I had an idea. 
What's up? Well, here's the thing. We've talked about a lot of different teams in terms of the trade market this year. Do we have to add them to the Kirk Cousins list? Ooh. The Patriots? Interesting. I don't I don't know that the owner would go for that. I don't know that Bob Kraft I don't know I don't know that Bob Kraft would go to that cuz trading for Kirk Cousins means giving up a haul to the Minnesota Vikings which and it also means giving him a long-term contract. You're not trading for him just for the rest of this season. You're trading for him for you know, you know, beyond 2023. And I don't know that that's what the Pats need to be doing if they're going through major changes in their program. Like, if you're about to change your head coach and general manager, if you think that you could potentially move off of Bill Belichick after this season, do you want to saddle your next head coach and your next general manager with the Kirk Cousins contract that the Patriots would be forced to give them if they traded for him? Probably not. So I think this is just ultimately going to lead to a hard reset for this organization they moved on from Tom Brady four years ago, and I think they're going to have to say goodbye to another legend in Bill Belichick sooner rather than later because things aren't getting better in Foxborough. They're getting worse. There's nothing to sell the front office. Well, not front office. is Belichick. There's nothing to sell ownership on in terms of improvement. Matt Jones is looking like the same guy last year that gave the ball to the other team. The offense hasn't become more explosive. The defense is going to struggle now that you're talking about being without Matt Jadon for an extended period of time and potentially Christian Gonzalez, your first-round pick. So I struggle to see pathways to the Patriots being able to you know, get this thing back on track this season. And if it doesn't, then I could see Robert Kraft making a change at the end of the year. I know it's not great in the post-Brady era. Bill Belichick's win percentage with Tom Brady, 763. Without him, 481. Mm. It's not great, right? We understand that if, if on the surface we're looking at the divorce, Tom Brady clearly won the divorce. And I don't know if it's going to get better for Bill Belichick if they have the attrition on defense, which is their calling card. Where are they going to be? Mac Jones doesn't look like a guy who's a force multiplier. Maybe I'm naive, guys. I still don't see Robert Kraft firing him. Neither do I. I just think... Even if it's the right decision, CeCe, I can't see him doing that. I think he will probably give Bill Belichick the opportunity to write his own ending. And that's where I think it's going to get problematic. Because I don't see Bill Belichick being the type of guy that knows when to walk away. Well, you're always the last one to know when it's time to walk away, players and coaches included. So I guess my only point is... How much of this can you stand if you're Robert Kraft? I just think it might. I mean, be how much? How much of this? How much of this can you stomach? I mean, we talk about Jerry Jones not buying green bananas. Robert Kraft ain't buying green bananas either. Like he wants to get this franchise on solid footing. I mean, he's going to turn it over to his children at some point. You want him to be able to have that that tradition, that uh, sustained excellence. And right now, that's not what Bill Belichick is giving you. No. So, I mean, if if there's no chance that Belichick can get his program back on track, then why are you just staying with him for the sake of, of his legacy? I, I just I don't see Robert Kraft making that decision. I'm not saying that they're going to fire him, but I think they can transition him into a role within the franchise and allow for a fresh voice wearing a headset as the head coach on the sidelines next year. Well, Do they you have see that him compliant? Oh, who? Gerard Mayo is the guy. I mean, he's there. I think it's either going to be Gerard Mayo or, or Bill O'Brien. I think that's pretty clear. I mean, they kept Gerard Mayo, former linebacker, defensive coach, in a, in a way that he, he didn't even interview for head coaching jobs. He pulled out a head coaching job. So, But I, wouldn't that be a way for Bill Belichick to keep your legacy alive in Foxborough? Yeah, it's, it's your guy. It's your guy. Yeah. I just I don't think it's yet. I, I think there's one more card to play. I think there's one more card to play. I think it's literally pushing Belichick to say, go acquire somebody that we know is good. That and I don't know who that person is. That's the problem. There's not like like I, I you would, just don't go to the quarterback store and get a quarterback. No, but it's, here's the thing: you could have a year ago. 
you could have made the Lamar Jackson offer that Baltimore made. And he made. loved Lamar. Yeah, he does love Lamar. That's where, like, I think there are going to be teams that look back at this Lamar Jackson market, and maybe they think it doesn't matter. Baltimore would have matched whatever it was. But how do you not sit here if you're New England and if you're Atlanta, just to name two, and think, could we have figured out some sort of crazy poison pill type contract where maybe Baltimore wouldn't have done it, or maybe if they matched, we would have to give them two first rounders. Maybe we would give them three. Maybe we would say, okay, you know what? We'll give you three first rounders instead of the two. We're going to make it worth your while. Because I'm telling you, there's no amount of first rounders that are more valuable in my mind than a great quarterback. If I were a team that didn't have a quarterback and the Kansas City Chiefs said, we're gonna, we'll trade you Mahomes, I'll give you 10. I don't care. Take every one of the first round picks for as long as I'm alive if you're giving me that guy. So I wonder if that's the last card that maybe Belichick could play with Kraft as part of the, you know, the last few years of his career is, yes, we'll go find someone. Problem is, I don't know who the heck that person is. Could it be Kyler Murray from Arizona this offseason? I, I can't see that one. So you're, you're throwing out Kirk Cousins, but that's my point, Russ. though. Like we throw, we throw out these possibilities. I just, I don't know that there's going to be any quarterbacks that would give Robert Kraft the confidence that this guy is going to be the difference between us not being a playoff team to contending for a divisional title and contending for Super Bowls. I, I just don't see it. You're right, and that's the problem. I'm presenting a problem without a solution. Kirk Cousins was the immediate solution just because we've talked about him so much. Coming up, upon further review, Kenny's NFL observations from week number four next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, it is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, Chris Canty here. So we do your upon further review. We get your NFL observations. And now we have a theme that's developed of combining weird food that somehow you don't smell like. So initially it was wings and mayo. Yeah. Now it's sausage and jambalaya. Yeah, not great. Is there, is there a combo of food that is specific to Chris Canty that Chris Canty does like that the rest of the world would be like, wait, what? That would work better for you in that intro. Pretty much anything in bacon. Yeah, you okay. love bacon. I love bacon. So anything in if bacon. If somebody said, yeah, we've got bacon-wrapped fried Oreos, I'm Ooh, on board actually, with that. those would probably be That's fire. not how standard that That's not as good as hell. <laughs> exactly. Bad answer, so pretty, then. Pretty much anything in bacon. So because yeah. it's good... It's bad. So yeah. we need something that's bad and yeah. bad. Okay. I'll have to figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure have to, that we'll out. have to take because, some time. I've got to marinate in that for a little I bit. I still have no understanding of where the wings and mayonnaise no clue. came from. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Sausage and jambalaya kind of makes some sense. Don't you have the sausage in the jambalaya? In right. That table like, here's a guy that stinks from wings and pizza. Well, that's what people eat. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah. And, and I don't smell like that, by the way, for all of the people... 
in America listening and watching us. Okay, keep it moving. Upon further review, my NFL Week 4 takes. Let's go. Bengals at Titans. The Cincinnati Bengals are done. It's over. It's a wrap. Get ready for 2024. And that means sitting Joe Burrow. Sometimes the organization is put in the unenviable position of having to protect the player from themselves, and it's clear that's where the Bengals are right now because Joe Burrow against that Titans defense yesterday was a sitting duck. 13 quarterback pressures, 9 quarterback hits, and 3 sacks. It could have been more, but what defenses are going to do is change how they play this Bengals offense. They are going to crowd the line of scrimmage because the quarterback can't push the ball downfield. Through the first four games, Joe Burrow has the fewest Yards per pass attempt in NFL history, 4.8 yards per pass attempt. This guy can't throw downfield. He was 0 for 3 yesterday in passes that are 15 or more air yards. On the season on such throws, Joe Burrow is 2 for 21, and he's got two interceptions too. This guy is not the guy that led this team to back-to-back conference championship games. And if there's no hope that he's going to get significantly better health-wise in the foreseeable future, then you got to sit this dude down. you got to rest him. And if that means it's going to cost you a season and you have a gap year, so be it. Would you be willing to make trades then? And actually, like T. Higgins, for example, I know he got hurt yesterday, but free agent at the end of the season. They haven't worked out a contract extension. We know they have a number one in Jamar Chase. When you say a gap year, do you start looking at it that way as let's get as high up as possible in the draft and let's get as, mo- as much value in return for some of our guys? That seems like it makes a lot of sense, right? Like that's it the does way to, to me. That's I the just way didn't to know go. if you were going there. No, that's the way to go. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> It feels wrong to tell the Cincinnati Bengals to wave the right flag, but if Joe Burrow isn't going to be healthier sooner rather than later, then that's probably going to be the position that they're forced into right now. I agree. I think you have to do that. Next one. Commanders at Eagles. Watch the Commanders going to be a playoff team. Like I, I know I was bullish on them coming into this season. One of my five bold predictions for 2023 was that they would make the postseason. And yesterday, I think everybody else is on board with that because after an embarrassing loss at home to the Buffalo Bills where they got smoked 37-3, they bounced back and took a team that won the NFC last year in their building into overtime. And, and the Washington Commanders had a chance to win. We're talking about Terry McLaurin landing his left foot on Reed Blankenship's forearm and that causing that foot to go out of bounds. Again, if Reed Blankenship's forearm isn't there, Terry McLaurin probably pulls that pass in. The Washington Commanders have the ball in plus territory in overtime with a chance to have game-winning points. Sam Howell showed me something on that last drive. The guy had led a 10-play, 64-yard drive uh, in order to tie the game and to force overtime. And the fact that this guy showed the kind of poise that he did in yesterday's game gives me reason to believe that this team is capable of making a playoff push. That defensive front played a lot better than they did against the the Buffalo Bills the week before. So, again, overall, this team has the talent level to compete against the other upper echelon teams in the NFC. So three in the NFC East, right? Three in the NFC East. Three in the NFC East? Yeah, three. Oh, yeah, wow. Three in the NFC East. So basically you're taking the Packers out. We had three last year in the NFC East. Right, so so maybe, well, we're going to have Niners for sure. Yep. Right, yep. I don't know. See, how, see, I don't know if you go anywhere else for sure right now. Yeah, that's you? what I'm saying. I mean, Niner, Niner, Niners will be in. Detroit looks like they'll be yeah. in. No, but they're division winners. I'm yeah. saying, that, yeah, the wild card. Wild card. That's yeah. tricky. Yeah, I mean, you look at the wild card teams. Who who do you have confidence in? 
Exactly. That's I, the point. I, I don't that's know. Why, that's why the commanders should make the postseason. I think everybody else has to recalibrate their expectations around what's going on in D.C. Next one. Falcons versus Jaguars in London. It's the Falcons, not the Jets, that need Kirk Cousins. Like, it's clear to me. I mean, Arthur Smith, their head coach, is, is on the hot seat right now. He's got to find a way to get wins. And right out of the quarterback, Desmond Ritter is standing in the way of that. The guy threw a pick six in the game in London in the first, at the end of the first half, came back the very next snap and threw another interception to Andre Sisco. That just can't happen. And he's telegraphing where he's throwing the football to his receivers. He's bottom five in QBR, bottom five in completion percentage, above expected. This is not a guy that gives your team a chance to, to play winning football. And this is an underrated Falcons defense. They've got a really good skill position core. And you could tell the way that Bijan Robinson looked at the end of the game. Like, what else I got to do, dog? How, how much more do I have to do in order to give our team a chance to win? It's clear that Desmond Ritter is not doing that and that they got to find a quarterback that can give them that. If you parachute Kirk Cousins into this offense, look out. With Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, and company – this is a really, really explosive outfit. So you know I'm not a fan of this guy in terms of on-field stuff. I don't think he's a big-time quarterback. But Kyler makes some sense there, too. Because if you're going to go all speed, which they've done already, Kyle Pitts is an extremely fast tight end. Drake London, obviously, and B. John Robinson is one of the fastest guys around. Kyler Murray kind of makes some sense there, too. If we're thinking about future quarterbacks. And Desmond Ritter feels like the guy that's your backup quarterback for the next 10 years, and you're happy with it. Yeah. yeah I'm totally happy with it. And with a division that has some question marks, I mean, Tampa Bay, are you believers in Tampa Bay? Hell no. <laughs> Shout out to Baker and the way that he's been playing. But I just feel like that division is there for the taking, and they need to act with a sense of urgency. And we just said that we have a lot of eh feelings about the NFC as a whole and who's going to be forces in the playoffs outside the 49ers. So but I just think that, that they need to act with a quickness. You you brought up the Bucks. I'm glad you did. Right now, if I had to hand out a coach of the year, I'm giving it to Todd Bowles. I mean, you lose Tom Brady, and you're in first place in the division at 3-1 and one with Baker Mayfield as your starting quarterback, who's been excellent so He's far. Been great. So, I mean, I, I think Todd Bowles right now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has to be considered the front runner for coach of the year. And this is where we get to in this spot, because it's those that are expected to be this, that are this, don't actually get the credit. In other words, Kyle Shanahan Nick, in San Francisco, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. We, we expect them to be this, so we don't always give the credit for this. We didn't expect Tampa to be this, and they're in first place. So I think that right now, he's the, he's the coach of the year. I'm going to throw another coach out there, D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans and what the Texans are doing. I'm just, everybody watch out for the Texans. Like, I know we wanted to crown the Jacksonville Jaguars coming into this season yeah. and saying that they're the team that's going to win the division going away. Not so fast with the Houston Texans. You know Not what else so fast. They already got a head-to-head win against Jacksonville. Just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just – I'm going to double down on this. What people don't think about is if you're going to think about Mike McDaniel, also think about D'Amico Ryans. Why? It's the same coaching tree. It's the Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan. This D'Amico Ryans played for Gary Kubiak in Houston, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Yep. Coached for Kyle Shanahan, just like Mike McDaniel did with Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur. This coaching tree now is evolving on the defensive side of the ball, too. Don't forget that. That is now the hottest coaching tree around in the NFL. All right, coming up, we will talk about Monday Night Football tonight. The Seahawks and the Giants, a big game on Monday night. Plus, we have the Manning cast. And shout out, by the way, to ESPN and Disney and everybody for the Toy Story game yesterday, the London game between the Jaguars and um, the Falcons. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. By the way, some notes coming out. Front Office Sports has this information. Final Ooh. stats from Sunday Night Football. Chiefs, of course, beating the um, Jets last night 23-20. And by final stats, I mean 17 cutaways to Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Two new commercials for the Taylor Swift movie. One commercial, or three commercials with Travis Kelsey in them. Commercials with Patrick Mahomes in them, two. Commercials with Andy Reid in them, one. So if you're a conspiracy theorist on this, that you think it's all a publicity stunt, which I don't even know that that's much of a conspiracy theory. If you think of it, it's a publicity <laughs> stunt. There's some of your information um, right there. By the way, before we get into discussing the Giants and the Seahawks also, there is a little bit of a discrepancy here that is uh, was predicted, of course. Um, so we go head-to-head in our picks every single week against yeah. the other ESPN radio shows. <laughs> And um, CeCe was all excited in the break. He says, boy, we, we kicked butt this week. We went 3-0. and So I said, thought. Well, no, we didn't. And um, take a listen as to what happened and the aftermath of what happened. I don't know who to pick in this game. I can make an argument either way. But I kind of like the Browns, guys. I kind of like the Browns over the Ravens. I, I mean, here's the thing. I trust the Browns' defense more than I trust any unit that's going to be on the field between uh-huh. these teams on Sunday. And so that's the one thing I'll look at. Like, the Browns' defense is number one in yards and points. They got a pass rush that can get after it. Zadarius Smith was an outstanding add to go be the bookend alongside Miles Garrett. They put a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They shut people down. I mean, what, they allowed 94 total yards of offense to the Titans last week? This is a team that's going to be able to hang their hat on the defense I don't know what I'm going to get week to week from Deshaun Watson in that offense, but as well as the defense is playing, I don't know how much that matters. Okay, does it matter that the Ravens and Lamar have a 6-2 and two record against Cleveland? That does matter. And you know Lamar is good at escaping. So I don't know who we're picking because you guys picked opposite teams. No, I, I'm on board with – are we going with the Browns? Small said the Browns. I can't, You're wearing I, just, your Ravens uh, purple. Uh, yeah, just I am, because it's of the purple defense. Friday, but where are you at with this? Ravens <laughs> plus three or Browns minus three? What are we doing? You're, you're the. I have to be the tiebreaker. Vote. Yep. Pick one. Go with the Browns. Okay. All right. Why not? There it is. Why not? Right. There so it is. It's probably going to be the Ravens. Great. Disgusted. 
at least you knew what time it was. You you knew what was going to happen. Wait, there was another part of that, and we asked Nuno and, and Pat and everybody to get that immediately for us. We uh, If we had that planned, it would have been better, but that was great that they got that. Um, I definitely said at one point, watch, he's going to be mad at us on Monday because it's we're clearly going to be wrong. He's going to be right, and he's going to hold this against us. Yeah, but you're always uh, the one saying that the pick segment is not a cooperative. It's just me deciding which games I like and which side of the line I want to be on. And last week on Friday, it was the collective making the picks. And the collective just so happened to be wrong when it came to my Ravens taking on the damn Cleveland Browns. You did say that you like that Browns defense, though. I do like the Browns defense, (laughs) but I wasn't picking the Browns. I had my purple sweater on. You know I'm riding with the Ravens, and I let Ev be the tiebreaker. And per usual, he steers us off a damn cliff. That's what happened yesterday. You're welcome. We had a perfect 3-0 weekend teed up. We're going to climb up in the standings when it comes to the pick. Challenge, but no, Ev, you're not used to success. You can't handle success. You're like the New York Jets in that way. Well, you may be right about that part of it. Yeah, so, I mean, where it, are it, we in the standings, by the way? Do I we think know middle guys? of the pack. We're is middle where of the we pack. Are. Well, yeah. we had a chance to separate ourselves. We could have got to the upper echelon. You know. Yeah. You know, CC, apologies that we steered you wrong, and that means this week, Ev, if you're cool with it, that you get one veto. Okay, one veto. You heard that. It's only One fair, veto. right? It's fine. It's That's fair. fine. I, I, w- I would have gone a different way. I would just go, let him make the picks. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to make them anyway. What's the difference? All right, here's what I want to put out there. I think that people don't realize how exciting of a sports day this actually is. Okay? Everybody's talking about Monday Night Football, rightfully so. We are excited about Monday Night Football, the Giants and the Seahawks, and you got the Manning cast. That's awesome. Awesome. I also want to throw out there that it's NBA media days across the league, and there is, there's a lot of juiciness going around. So... Dame Lillard, Milwaukee, right? He has a little uh, welcome party over the weekend. He's about three hours late because I guess there were flight issues. Didn't look that enthused at the welcome party. You don't party. say. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't look that enthused is uh, hyping him up and how he looked over the weekend. Uh, Drew Holiday gets traded in a mega deal from the Blazers to the Celtics. Phenomenal deal. Um, in my opinion, I think Boston had to make this deal. I do think it's very interesting, though. Boston's identity is now going to be different this year because they do not have the back-end defense in Robert Williams. Milwaukee's identity, slightly different. Dame Lillard offense, Drew Holiday defense. Both parties had to make the deal. And as a Heat fan, I could sit here and say, I think Portland did not handle the, the trade with Miami well. I think there should have been more communication on the Portland end. That said, Portland got a hole in return, all in, all of the draft picks, three first-rounders. They end up getting Malcolm Brogdon, who they're still going to trade, right, most likely. Robert Williams, DeAndre Ayton, they got a ton of things, as we have on ESPNU now, that you can look at. But I think the juiciness, guys, today is does James Harden show up for Philadelphia 76ers media day? And if he does... What is he going to say? Well, you know he's going to show up. You think so? Oh, he still oh. feels a way about being on this team. Remember, it's in Colorado, not in Philly. I got you, but the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And James Harden knows that once he starts chirping and makes it uncomfortable for his buddy Daryl Morey and the rest of that Sixers organization, that they'll eventually move off him. The only reason they haven't traded him now is because nobody's going to give them anything close to what they're looking for. And nobody's going to help them offset the cost that it took to acquire James in the first place. So... Yeah, this is going to be tough uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers to manage and also, by the way, keep Joel Embiid, their MVP, happy and content staying in Philly, looking at this as a place where he can compete for a title. I don't know. Sometimes you say the most by not saying anything at all. I could see him not showing up. Oh, I would lean towards he's not going to show up. Now, here's the thing, though. There's all kinds of contractual stuff about this. that He's he's not going to be able to become a free agent at the end of the year if he doesn't show up in time. It's a mess. 
it's a mess all around. But I think that's something very interesting to keep an eye on today. Also, baseball playoffs, of course, and you'll hear all of them on ESPN Radio um, start tomorrow. So we're excited about those. But it is time now for a Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Conventional wisdom would have Seattle as the better team, and they would be able to beat the Giants. Do we feel that way about tonight? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that Seattle can beat the Giants. I mean, I'm just thinking about what the Seahawks are going to be bringing to the party from an offensive firepower standpoint. And, and Sorry, I, I just want to interrupt one quick thing. Breaking news. He's not there. Woj just tweeted Harden is not going to be there. Oh. Wow. He okay. is not there. I'm sorry to interrupt, but at Woj, no, ESPN, no, no. ESPN sources in what expects to be a continued attempt to push for a trade. Philadelphia – this is literally a second ago. Philadelphia 76ers star James Harden isn't in attendance for the team's media day today. Harden remains upset. The organization hasn't moved him to the Clippers. So we're going to hear from James Harden, just not at yes, media, media day, day for Sixers. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he took Can time. imagine where that would listen, be. Listen, he showed up in an off-season appearance, and he – roasted Daryl Morey and called the man a liar. Yes, I mean, yes. you, you got to imagine that there's going to be more coming out of James Harden's camp. Again, he wants to make this as untenable as he possibly can Correct. in order to force his way out of town. Now, we'll end up seeing where that lands him. I, I don't know that there's a better place for him to be right now. Uh, that That's, you know, from a practical standpoint, a, a potential destination other than the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, if his goal is to compete at a championship level, it, it feels like it would be – Philly over wherever else he could potentially be traded to. Yeah, it feels like the best basketball destination for him is where he is in Philadelphia, but that the ego is saying something else. See, I would have said you're right about this before this weekend. Now I don't think even with Harden that they're a top two team in the in the Eastern Conference. Well, we know they got better odds than the Miami Heat. <laughs> what, what do they have anything to do with no, this? I'm just saying. Why do they have better odds than the Miami Why do the Heat have to catch strays I mean, on this? Listen, I think in terms of the odds, they're third in the Eastern Conference. Right, so, which, I mean, that's. I mean, if I'm if you're saying that I'm going into a season with the third best odds of getting to the finals out of any team in my conference, I, I would take that. I mean, you can sell Joel Embiid on, hey, you should stay here. We're going to make sure that you have a chance each and every year. What the odds are saying in Vegas is that they have a chance. Now, I don't think it's a very good chance based on the Celtics and the Bucks upgrading this offseason, but they still have a chance. Now you're talking about James Harden creating an absolute mess. I just I don't know what James Harden is going to get from a basketball standpoint other than, you know, being able to dictate to the Sixers. I don't think he's going to end up in a better basketball situation. He may not. All right. Um more on Monday Night Football in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to take some of Pat's time coming up. I think we all can deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think we, we can, can live deal with that. With that. Yeah. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I love that he snapped his fingers. He's off beat. I love, that's the best part about it. We're listening to Aston Martin Rules by Rick Ross. He's snapping his fingers and he's I off love beat. This song. How do you snap your fingers off beat? Easily. He haven't it. Yeah. He haven't it. It is unsportsmanlike on ESPN <laughs> wow. Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Wow. All right, let's get a thought on Monday Night Football tonight, and then we got to get to Pat Costello, producer, what he's over today on a uh, Monday in which we've seen a lot, obviously, happen here, as we saw, obviously, the Taylor Swift game last night, which we haven't seen the ratings yet, but we're assuming it's the highest-rated NFL regular season game ever. It was, mm-hmm. al- it was almost the Zach Wilson game. He almost outshined Taylor Swift. He didn't almost outshine Taylor Swift. I don't know. If he would have surprised beating the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, I would think it would be the Zach Wilson game. Yeah, and Mahomes was terrible in the second half. I don't know what happened to him. It's just like, "Ah, this is so boring. I don't want to do this. Let me make it interesting for them. All right, so (laughs) Seahawks and the Giants. What are you seeing tonight? Uh, Here's the thing. The Giants' defense, they can't pressure the passer, and they have problems tackling people. Like they're they're, Good. They have have 31 missed tackles, and you're talking about this team having the second-highest blitz rate and having the second-fewest sacks. The math ain't mathing with that one. They've got two sacks on the season, yet they blitz opponents over 53% of the time. What that tells me is Wink Martindale has to manufacture pressure, and that his front four can't get, get pressure on the quarterback. Geno Smith, with those weapons for the Seattle Seahawks, I think it ends up being a big night for him coming back to the tri-state area. I mean, again, a lot of people in the tri-state area wrote Geno Smith off as a starting quarterback. He didn't write back, and I think he shows a lot of the naysayers wrong tonight on a big stage. People forget he played for both teams in New York. He was on the Giants as well for a minute, right? Do you think this is a must-win for the Giants? They have Miami and Buffalo following this. The the biggest must-win of must-wins, yeah. But it's going to be hard to have this as a must-win game without Andrew Thomas. Remember, he's going to be out with a hamstring, I believe. And then Saquon Barkley's a game-time decision. So we'll see what ends up happening. But, uh, again, it it feels like it's an uphill climb for the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to have to be a force multiplier if they're going to find a way to be competitive. Now, I'm not saying that he can't do it because he's shown us in certain spots that he's capable of not only beating people with his arms, with his legs, but they're going to need everything that Daniel Jones has got in order to make this a fourth-quarter game tonight. Uh, one other piece of news here. Adam Schefter just tweeted out that on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, where you can hear us 5A to 7A Central Time every single day, that Matt Eberflus told uh, Cap and Jay Hood that their wide receiver, that's the head coach, their wide receiver, Chase Claypool, will remain away from the team this week as it prepares for Thursday night's game against the Commanders. I mean, you got to get rid of him. At this point, yeah. they're just going to cut him, right? Yeah. Right, I mean, but you if, can't every, keep... if everybody knows yeah. that you're trying to get rid of him, then you're not going to be able to flip him. So you might as well just cut him. Yeah, you just can't be asked about him every day, and until you move him, you're going to be asked about him every single day. Yeah. All right, Pat Costello, what are you over? I'm sure you're already over the Sixers, by the way. Oh, absolutely. I'm over James Harden, but that, that'll be another one for a different day. Uh, well, you guys kind of mentioned it earlier, but I'm just going to keep this as a standing spot on this list from now on. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Still completely over it. I'm going to be, that's just going to be on the list in perpetuity at this point. But Pat, by saying you're over it, you make it a topic. You realize that. Like you, you, what happens here on ESPNU? Jerry then puts up the video of Taylor Swift and her friends walking into celebrity friends Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds walking into the building last night. But anyway, Evan, that's the whole point of this. I know. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Pat. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So mad okay. about that. Um, if uh, if you like her music, great. I don't. 
Uh, anyway, uh, Evan, this one is for you. I apologize. This is kind of a reluctant one for me. It's not a fiery one, but Bill Belichick as a head coach. Unfortunately, I'm over it. Ooh. Mm. I mean, I've Hold on, on, let's just be I've clear on, on what he team, said. I've been on team keep Belichick yeah. and let him retire in his own, you know, free will and whatnot. I think yesterday was the period of uh, on a sentence that's been written already. Wow. I think they got to either fire him or he's got to resign. Okay. Let's just be clear on the difference between what he just said and what even you said, CeCe. So I'm of the belief that, it, that all this conversation is ridiculous. I know it's going to happen. You said you think it's time for him to transition maybe his role with New England. Then we discussed the idea of the Chargers, a ready-made team to win. And you said, okay, I can understand that, but not a rebuild team. Pat Costello just said, I'm over him as a head coach, like, in general? What? Yeah, I don't, you don't think I don't he's think a good he, head coach in the NFL. I don't think he goes to another team and, like, makes them a Super Bowl champion. All right, what else are you over? <laughs> well... Uh, last one is uh, Brian Johnson as the Eagles offensive coordinator. <laughs> I'm fully ready to fire him already. I have no faith in him at all through four games. I know that they've won all four of them. They have not won a single one of them convincingly. I don't think he's very good. His play calling is wildly inconsistent and makes me scream at my television all the time. I I don't think he's a good offensive coordinator. What was the worst call yesterday, Pat, in your book from Brian Johnson? Uh, overtime when they did not hand the ball off to DeAndre Swift one single time. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's about it. Especially after they were gashing that front seven for the Washington Commanders the entire game. I mean, gashing them. It is amazing how many fan bases have a right to be frustrated with their play calling today. I mean, I know the Chargers won yesterday, but again, fourth and one in their own territory Unreal. going forward and failing. Josh McDaniels, a lot of people are mad at with the Raiders for not running the football late and putting it in the hands of Aiden O'Connell, who started um, in place of the injured Jimmy G. The Bears, Matt Eberflus not going for a field goal at fourth and Don't one that. late in that game at 28-all. None of us think that the Washington Commanders fan base is the right for this, but there are people that are frustrated with Ron Rivera for not going for two in that spot. Um, you know, by the way, the other thing I want to keep an eye on today, and I don't know if it's going to be this drastic this quickly, but Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Steelers, first ballot Hall of Famer in my book, and I think actually will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, he said, hey, there are going to be changes. Yeah. Do we think as soon as today he's going to make changes or we're going to just going to see it during their next game? Well, they got to figure out what's going on with the quarterback position, too, because Kenny Pickett's injury, going to yeah. be out for a minute. So that's going to be one of the changes. But I think in terms of how they operate on that side of the ball, period, like they've got to adjust. And their defense didn't exactly cover themselves in glory either. You gave up 30 points to the Houston Texans. So they've got to find ways to be better, be more consistent in order to allow them to maintain the standard that Tomlin has established being a head coach there for 17 years. Yeah, he seemed pretty emphatic when he was asked about it that there would be changes. Yeah, I just wonder with him, are those things that we see on the surface? Or all of a sudden on Sunday we say, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. Because he does not seem like the guy that is there out there to try to embarrass No, anybody. he's not a drama guy. No, not at all. Now, could he make an in-season move? Could he make a change at the offensive coordinator position? I guess. But I feel like that's one of those things where all of a sudden on Sunday we'll see someone else calling the play when we get the shot of the press box and, and Canada, the off back Canada, the offensive coordinator, is not calling the play. But we won't know that until Sunday. Tomlin feels like he'll get to the podium today and say that he's keeping it under wraps. Maybe I'm wrong, but, I mean, this guy is just such a class act and such a great coach. Throwing somebody under the bus publicly is just not him. I, I hate that he has to be in a position where he's got to find a way to be above 500 with, I'm sorry, Mitch Trubisky as his starting quarterback. <laughs> Feels like every year for the last three or four years we've been saying this is going to be Mike Tomlin's best coaching job if this team gets over 500, and he seemingly always does it. 
I hate when people say that. I'm not saying you're saying that. You know what his best coaching job was? He won a Super Bowl. That was his best coaching job. Let's give the man credit. He won a Super Bowl. Greeny coming up next. We are on a Tuesday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.